The reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 18, and it's on page 1063 in the Church Bibles. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came so that which was his own, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He he who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let's pray. Loving Lord God, as we worship and as we listen to your word, we ask, as we have just sung, that you would speak to us and renew our minds, that we would hear your word to us and that we would be transformed by it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's a real pleasure and a privilege to be here with you this morning. Uh, Thank you to Guy for your invitation to preach uh, and to all of you for your welcome. Uh, As I think you've seen, we're in the notice sheet and on the screen today, we're we're sort of, we're at a pivoting point in the church year and we're turning to look at Christmas. Um, And so today's uh, sermon is a chance to sort of step back, as it were, and get the big picture uh, before our lives get full of uh, pine cones and candles and school productions and presents and all the other good things of Christmas, and before our church gets filled with um, uh, angels and shepherds and magi and mangers and cattle and all those other good things about Christmas. Uh, As a Kiwi, I was used to having Christmas in the sunshine, so I really do love uh, having Christmas in winter. So all of the Christmas trimmings, all of the traditions really make sense for me uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, so I do enjoy that. But I also enjoy a chance to sort of step back, as John does in this passage, and get the really big picture of what God is doing and what's going on. Because if you're anything like me, it's easy to get lost in the detail. And sometimes the big picture is really helpful. And one of the things which we'll discover through this reading from the first chapter of John's Gospel, which I'm sure is familiar to really all of us, it's, um, it's a very famous piece of scripture, But one of the things that that we learn as we read it is that there's just always more to discover. Just when you think you've got your head around John's writing, there's another verse with another truth. There's another name. There's another idea. There's more and more and more. And it's a wonderful passage. uh, And there's so much in it. We're only going to draw a few things out today. But you'll see as we go through that we're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into these truths of God, and in particular this truth of the word in this particular passage. So let's start right at the start of our reading. And you'll know if you're familiar with Genesis that John's gospel starts in exactly the same way that Genesis starts. So John is deliberately writing a story of creation, a story of newness, a story of God's creative power and energy. But it's a beginning for John that has a real twist when we compare it to Genesis. Because in Genesis, we just have in the beginning God. But when we get to John, it's changed. And we have in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Who then is this Word? Well, the Word is distinct from God. But in John's mind, the word is intimately and inextricably related to God. The word shares God's place. The word is with God. The word shares God's time. God is there in the beginning, and so is the word. And the word shares God's being, because the word was God. And so for John, when we're dealing with the word, we're dealing with God. The things that we can think or say about God, 
those things we can think and say about the word. But as I've hinted at, John goes on. There's even more. For not only is the word related to God, the word is related to all creation, to everything that God has made. Here's the, here's the key verse. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And the word is, as well as being intimately and inextricably linked to God, is inextricably and intimately linked to creation. Because, according to John, all things that exist were made through the word. And so John goes on, again, there's more, that John can call the word life and light. And so here's my first main idea for us this morning to think about. If the word is related intimately to God, and the word is also related intimately to all that has been made, then the word really is related to everything there is. Everything there is. Now, I'd like us to think about that for a moment and just stop a moment, because that is a huge idea. It's easy to read through quickly, but to let that sink in, that the word is truly related to absolutely everything there is, to God and all that God has made. And to help us make that connection, I've got two little questions for you. And the first one is, I'd like you to think of something that brings you joy. The first thing that pops into your head. It's not a trick question. Something that brings you joy. Now, I don't know what that might be for you. Uh, Maybe it's a friend. Uh, Maybe it's someone who's sitting next to you here this morning. Maybe it's a holiday you've been on. Uh, a favourite place, a garden, maybe a favourite book or a piece of music. Maybe it's a mince pie that you're hoping to have at your canapes and carols. Whatever you thought of, the word is related to it. Whatever you thought of, whatever brings us joy, the word is related to it. So here's my next little question. Think for a moment of something that causes you fear or maybe that you're concerned about. If you're like me, there's quite a lot to choose from. But maybe something floated to your mind quickly. Maybe it's something personal for you. Maybe the fear is um, some illness uh, of you or a friend Maybe there's been loss for you. You've said goodbye to a loved one recently. Maybe there's something a little bit bigger. Maybe something's going on in your street with some of your neighbours. Maybe that's a concern. Maybe a bigger issue. We've prayed this morning about the election. There is a time of real political uncertainty at the moment. Maybe Brexit is a concern for you and what the implications of that may be. Or maybe there's something bigger. I don't know if you've been watching the David Attenborough documentary on Sunday night, but it seems that one of the things he's really highlighting in that is climate change and the effects of humanity within the world and what that's doing. Maybe that's a concern. 
Maybe you have a concern for modern slavery and some of the shocking uh, statistics and stories that come out all too frequently for us at the moment. Maybe there's conflict somewhere that you're concerned about. Maybe you know someone who serves in the military. We had Remembrance Sunday last week. Maybe there's someone who you know who's involved, intimately involved, in something that's going drastically wrong in a corner of our world. Now, whatever you thought of, the word is related to that too. For even though things have gone wrong, the people involved, the creation that's involved, all of that was made through the word. The word is connected to absolutely everything. And related to it as the one that gives it life and brings light to it. But John goes on, there's even more. And this is another twist for those of us who remember Genesis. For the word through whom the world was created comes into the world. Something that doesn't happen with God in the original creation story. God stays quite separate from the world. But for John, the word through whom the world was made comes into the world in a very particular way. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. And so the Word takes on human nature or flesh and literally camps among us. And John tells us that the Word does this while remaining closely and intimately related to God, to the Father. For the idea of the Word making his dwelling with us, that comes from Exodus and the presence of God in the tent of the tabernacle with God's people, where God actually became present, manifest to the people. In Exodus, it was a pillar of cloud or fire or the glory in the tabernacle. But for John, God becomes present in the word, in human form, as a person within creation. And this is the second main idea. By becoming flesh... The word is related to everything in creation from the inside, from a place of human nature. The word is not related externally. It's not that the word is a part looking on some panoramic view from space. There's no distance in the way the word knows the world. The word is intimately connected to the world from the inside as a person. And that means connected the way you and I are connected to things in the world. So the the word has an understanding of human joy in the same way that you and I have an understanding of human joy. Where friendship and shared meals and scenery and rest and work and conversation and birth and life and marriage and death, all those things that bring us joy and and stir our emotions, the word is connected to those as well, as we are connected, for the word knows those things. And all those things that we fear, emotional hurt or physical pain, maybe loneliness 
the sorrow of our family or the community we're part of and the divisions that can so easily come, the unfairness of work, the social discrimination that we see all around us that prefers some people and excludes others, political uncertainty, the tyranny of the powerful, the word is related to all of this as a human being. The word is related to all these threats the same way that we are related to them. As one who has a flesh that feels pain and hunger and worry. The word is related not in theory to these things, not from a distance, but in reality, from within. Related from the frailty and within the limits of being a person. The same limits that you have and the same limits that I have. But John goes on, there's even more in this passage. For there's a purpose to the word becoming flesh. There's a goal, something new that happens in creation as a result of the word becoming flesh within it. And we heard these words read to us as well. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And John makes it clear in this passage that becoming children of God is not a natural process. It doesn't automatically happen to everyone. It doesn't automatically happen at all. Rather, it's a gracious gift of God to those who receive the word and believe in his name. But when God gives this right to people, when God gives this gift of becoming a child of God, it changes us. It turns our whole lives back towards God and it connects us. Everything we are, everything we feel, everything we do, all about us becomes connected to God as we become children of God, through this gift of the word. And for John, this too is centred on the word, this giving of becoming, the gift of becoming children of God. That too is made possible by the word. And it's the word Jesus Christ. You'll notice in the passage that Jesus' name takes quite a while to appear. John sort of sets the stage and introduces a whole lot of ideas. And then the name of Jesus sort of sneaks in, really. But that's who he has in mind. That's who he's talking about. That is the name, the human name of the word made flesh. Here's the verse. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. And I think to experience this relationship, to become a child of God in the way that Jesus is a child of God is a completely life-transforming experience. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've often struggled with authority figures in my life. Some of those relationships haven't been especially easy. Um, I think particularly of the relationship with my parents. Uh, When I was at school, 
we had a few misunderstandings and uh, I somehow picked up the impression at one point that in order for them to really love me, I had to behave myself. Um, I'm a parent now, so I do appreciate the value of good behaviour in children. Uh, And I know my parents meant very well, but I somehow picked up, well not even somehow, I remember exactly the same point. There was a particular year at school where I did no work, uh, and I discovered that I could get away with doing no work uh, because my teacher didn't really notice me. Uh, But she did notice me at the parent-teacher interviews and told my parents that I'd been doing no work. And I think I was about 12 at the time, and my parents were a bit concerned that I was uh, not quite as diligent as I could be. And what they meant to do was to encourage me to say, look, if you study and if you work, all sorts of things could happen for you. You could do things. You could, you could do whatever you like. Um, that's sort of what they said. What I heard was, if you don't do these things, we won't love you. Now, that was a very uh, strong incentive to work very hard. So I did quite well at high school because a lot was at stake. Uh, I needed to perform well in order to maintain this good relationship with my parents. But the wheels kind of fell off at the end of my high school because I sort of looked at university and then the rest of my career and thought, good grief, I'm going to end up trying to prove myself to my parents for my whole life. And I just didn't really have the energy for that as a 16-year-old. That sounded a little bit too much. So I sort of collapsed in a bit of a heap. And a few years later, I was talking to my parents about it and it was a transforming conversation because I finally told them what I felt I was laboring under. Um, I said that I felt that um, that they had, uh, and I, I was big enough to realize that they hadn't meant it, but I said the way I received this was that I felt that you needed me to perform and to achieve, and that that was where my status in the family came from. So they cried, and I cried, and we all forgived each other, and it, that conversation and the prayers and the forgiveness that went with it utterly transformed my relationship with my mum and dad because I no longer had to prove myself to them. It became what it, what it really always was. It was a relationship of love where I could relax and be loved and be loved just for who I was. And for my parents, that, that involves quite a bit of work because I'm not perfect. Um, I was back seeing them earlier this year in New Zealand And I went through a whole pile of the same sorts of emotions and conversations that I went through as a 25-year-old before I came here 20 years ago. So they signed up for that. They're my parents. But the ability to be honest and to, to be truly yourself and to not have to pretend that everything is all right is a great gift in a relationship. It is a wonderfully freeing thing. And I think that's what's on offer when the word becomes flesh that sort of loving, intimate relationship that we see Jesus enjoying with the Father, one that has no pressure to perform, no set of expectations, but just one of intimacy and love and commitment and the closest possible fellowship. That's what we see in Christ, and that's what we see in his relationship to the Father, and that is what he opens up for us where God is not distant, God is not set apart from those things that give us joy or that worry us, but that God is present and in it. And we are invited to really come alongside the Son when we say the prayer, Our Father. Well, Jesus prayed it first. We're just coming alongside him, part of his great family, 
And we pray with the same intimacy and the same trust. Our Father. Not mine, not just his. Our Father. The word opens that kind of relationship for us. So, on the one hand, we have this enormous big picture that John gives us in this opening chapter of the Gospel. And it's good to keep hold of that. But at the heart of the big picture is a deeply intimate relationship between a human being who was just like you and just like me and the God who Jesus calls Father. And so it's my prayer for you and for me that for those things we've thought of this morning that bring us joy and those things that maybe worry us or cause us to fear, I pray that we would enter into those things as children of God in trust and in faith and in love, knowing that God is not oblivious to what it's like for us because the word became as one of us. And because of that, we can enjoy the same relationship with God that the word enjoys. Amen.